Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. Good morning again. Good morning to those that are joining us through this live stream. Good morning to the pastors that are away. Good morning, good morning. And I'm very excited and very honored to be here this morning along with the ECC family. My name is Pastor Ruth. So I'm going to invite you to stand. Um, today's lesson, did everyone get a cross? Wave if you got a cross. If you don't have one, I hope we have enough to go by. You, wave if you have a cross. Good, good. Keep it in your hands. Keep it in your hands. Keep it in your hands. Okay, great. The cost of discipleship, but actually the title of my message is The Surrender Life. So I'm going to read um, Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 38. And the word of the, the Lord reads this way. It says, take up your cross and follow him. When he had called the people to himself, him being Jesus, with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will profit a man or a woman if gains, give in exchange for his soul? What, the whole, if he will gain the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man or a woman give in exchange for her or his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Father, I thank you because your presence is here this morning. And Father, I'm asking that the Spirit of the living God will minister to my brothers and my sisters. I'm asking, Spirit of the living God, you know the places where you want transformation and change to occur. So Lord, I'm asking for the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. And Father, we will give you and you alone all the glory. And we thank you in advance because I know that I know you hear our prayers. In Christ's name, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to start this sermon with a, a small testimony. And then I'm going to explain the cross. Then I'm going to explain what a surrender life should be, according to what the Word of God says. Uh, my husband and I, two weeks ago, we had the great pleasure of going to Seattle, Washington. And actually, we went because my first nephew, the son of my sister, um, became ordained lead senior pastor of the Northwest District of Assemblies of God. Very, very proud of him. And when he went to introduce me, I had the honor to preach twice in his service. Um, this is the way he introduced me, and I forgot about this testimony, and I, I forgot about this story. And so I thought he was going to use the story when he was in a gang and so lost as a young man, but that's not the story he used. He used this one. Well, in 2010, my nephew was in Iraq, 
And that's when the Americans were going to be pulled out and the hardware of the Americans, the weapons, the equipment was being left behind. And I remember I was in intense prayer, but I didn't know exactly where my nephew was. But I was praying, and the Lord told me, pick up the phone and call your nephew now. So I did that. I picked up the phone because God told me to pick up the phone and call him. And so when he began to speak, I remember exactly what he said. And he said, Dia, how did you ever get through? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit told me to call you. He says, you don't understand. I'm in Iraq. We're at time of war. You don't have military clearance to call me. And I said, well, I have clearance from the Holy Spirit. I guess this phone call is going to cost me an arm and a leg. I told him that. So we better pray because the Lord told me that I need to pray for your protection. And he goes, oh, my God. He was dumbfounded, but so was I. So we prayed and we prayed. We prayed a time of tears. And, you know, soldiers don't cry. But we prayed and we prayed. And I think half an hour later, we hung up the phone. And I think that, that cost, cost, cost like nearly $100. So here, the next day, his convoy left his unit. And when he left his unit, remember that the Americans were attacked and there were Americans that were killed. He was there. His unit arrived when the Iraqis attacked the Americans. His unit arrived when the Iraqis were killing Americans and the Lord spared his life. That was 13 years ago. That was 13 years ago. You see, because the Holy Spirit, Christianity is supernatural. And we can't forget that because then it's just become humdrum religion. And we forget what God can do. Here in America, and he's all the way on the other side of the world, I had no idea. In fact, if I knew he was on the other side of the world, I probably wouldn't have called him. I probably wouldn't have called him because I'm not going to get through. But the Holy Spirit knew what was going to happen the next day. You see, because as a soldier, he forsakes civilian life to the point that he has signed up to die for you and for me. And every military family that is here, my father was in the military, my grandfather was in the military, my husband's in the military, my nephew's in the military. When you are in the military, you forsake civilian life. You surrender your rights to die for people that you don't know, to die for people that won't even be at times grateful for your sacrifice. But here, I said, my God, a surrender life. So I'm going to talk to you about a surrender life. And this is the cross. The cross wasn't made out of gold. And the cross was not made out of silver. And the cross was very rustic. And the cross was very heavy. And the cross was a symbol of death. The, the, the Assyrians were the one that actually, they were the one that created the cross. They were the one that they invented the crucifixion. The Roman Empire actually perfected its brutality and its cruelty. The Bible says in Leviticus, curse is the man who dies on a tree. So there were three forms of capital punishment for the Roman Empire. Number one was beheading. That's how Paul died. He said, here I am. I'm going to be given as, as an offering to the people. And he said, but he, he's away the what? The crown of glory. And I said to myself, oh, my God, the man knew what he was going and where he was headed. He was about to literally lose his head, but he was going to get a crown. He knew that God was going to restore him. Number two, a second form of, of penal punishment was that if you were found guilty, they would take a dead body, a dead body, and tie it around the person, 
a living person. And so that dead body will rot, and that person will rot with that dead body. And before the dead body was totally rotted, that person was either going to die or was going to die and go crazy before they die. The third form of capital punishment was the crucifixion. So here he says, it's, it's, I, I love going back to, to the, the, the dead body. The Bible says in Romans, it says, O wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? That's Romans 7, 24 to 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ, the Lord. You see, when we're tied up in sin, we, wanna, we want to be relieved from sin. We want to be delivered of sin. We want to be delivered of thoughts. But sometimes we're not able. We try and we try, but we fail. We have seven steps. We have 12 steps. We have 30 steps. We do it today. We fail tomorrow. But the only one that can deliver you, the only one that can untie you from that death is Jesus Christ. So here, he says, oh, so he understood. He understood, like Paul understood. He said, I fought the good fight, and me awaits the crown of glory. So there's, th there's three things that I love, it says here, in the active words. Because you see, the Lord is calling us to a surrender life. We live in a culture that hates Jesus, plain and simple. We, hit, we live in a culture that hates what the Bible says, plain and simple. We live in a culture where sin is rampant, plain and simple. But the, in this culture, the Lord's promise to empower us to live victorious over sin. In this time, if you are living in this time, you've been chosen to live at this time. You've been selected to live at this time. And God's promised us that we will have victory. But that victory begins with a surrender life. You see, some people, or some of us, may have one foot in the church and another foot in the, in, in the world. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Some people want to dance with the devil on Saturday and be anointed on Sunday. can't have it both ways. can't have it both, way, both ways. He called us to a surrender life because he gave it all. Jesus Christ gave us life for us to deliver us from sin. Whatever that sin is, whatever that addiction is, whatever that shame is, you see, because when the enemy has a stronghold, a foothold, a toehold, whatever it is that he has on, on the people, he'll shame you and say, oh, you're not a Christian. He'll shame you to the point that he'll shut you down. He'll shut you down and make you ineffective or try to render you ineffective. So here, uh, the Bible says, He's, the Lord says, whoever wants to follow me, that means there's a desire to follow Jesus. There's a desire to follow Christ. And one thing about the cross, it was heavy. And when people went down the Via Dolorosa, which was very true, they knew, and when they saw the condemned carrying the cross, no one else carried the cross for them. You will condemn, you will carry your own cross. They knew that they were going to die. And the people that carry their own cross can only look the front because the cross was so heavy, they couldn't look towards the back. 
But when you see Hollywood where Jesus is looking here and looking there, that's a lie. The cross is so huge that they can only look towards the destination of death. And that's how we should look. We carry our cross. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. I'm going to say something. I want to make something clear what the cross is not. And I think for the first three, I want you to look straight ahead at me. Don't look to your right and don't look to your left. Just straight ahead, straight ahead, straight ahead. Because there are a lot of misconceptions about what the cross is. Because we all are carrying the same cross. But there's a lot of misconception about the cross. Okay, straight ahead. First three, straight ahead. To the men folk in the house, right? Your wife is not your cross. Straight ahead, straight ahead, look straight ahead. <laughs> to the sistermen in the house, to the women in the house. Are they looking straight ahead neither? Look straight ahead. Your husband is not your cross. Straight ahead, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. That's a misconception. To those that have children, and they can drive you crazy, they're not your cross. The cross is not a disease. The cross is not a burden. The cross is not your job, and your cross is not your boss. Your cross is daily dying to Jesus Christ every day. So when you go home today and you look at your spouse and she looks back at you, remember, remember, remember. And remember, you can only look forward when you carry your cross. The cross demonstrated surrender in military terms is the relinquishment of control over territory. You know, we're living in a time where everything is about our rights. Everything's about entitlement. Everything is about this. Everything's about that. And people refuse to submit to God. They're refusing. They refuse to submit to what the word of God says. They're refusing. But when we come to Jesus, he said, if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross. But there's another thing that happens, right? Because it says peacefully, or it may be the result of defeat in battle. Either you pick up your cross peacefully, or there's going to be a battle for your soul. There's going to be a battle for your soul. So let's start. The Bible's, he, Jesus gives instructions. Number one, there's a desire, a longing or a hope, a want, a strong feeling of wanting to have something. Evidently, everyone in this room and those that are following Jesus wanted to follow him. So there was a longing to be near to Jesus. There was a longing to be close to Jesus. There was a longing to know Jesus. There was a longing and a hope. Oh, the closer I get, I want to be closer to Jesus. But then it says here, it says, how do you get that longing? Well, the Bible says in Psalm 34, 7, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And when you begin to long for Jesus, when you begin to long for the things of the Lord, when you, when you long to be in the house of God, when you desire to walk with people that are righteous 
and people that love God, when you desire to read the Bible, when you desire to spend time with Christ, that desire came because the Lord placed it in your heart. You were delighting yourself. You were enjoying yourself. You have everything to enjoy in the Lord. So the first thing he says, if you desire to follow me. So there has to be a desire because coming to church, I want to tell you something, it's not really an indication that you want to follow Christ. People like the music. People like the fellowship. People like the company. People like the status. But do you love Jesus? Do you want Jesus? Do you want to follow him? There's a huge difference between that. So he says your desires has to change. Because we're in this world, and let's face it, we like what we see. I'm the only one. You know, you, 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 you like the, the, the styles. You like this. You like that. You like the other thing. And that can be such a distraction that Jesus is so, is so lost in all the distraction that you're really, or we stop really desiring him. And when we desire Jesus, we want to spend time with Jesus. When we, when we desire Jesus, we want to talk to Jesus. When we want to be with Jesus, we want him to be in our presence. When we desire Jesus, it's, it's like, you know when a, when a marriage has gone bad? When spouses don't want to speak to one another. I speak to my, my husband. I think I, uh, you know, even when he's asleep, I wake him up. You know, honey, blah, 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 blah. I know he doesn't remember what I said, but um, it doesn't matter. I'm talking to him. <laughs> That desire. So the first thing is the desire to follow him. But it costs. Because then Jesus says, you have to deny yourself. And denying is saying no today. This is what I wrote. Saying no today for something better tomorrow. It's saying no to attain something greater. Deny the culture. Deny um, d- deny the prestige, deny um, wh- whatever the culture is saying they can offer. And really, they're not offering, they're offering death. And so we, we deny ourselves. It's like when you go to school, you got to study. So you don't, you don't party. And if you party, well, you fail. Period. That's it. You're not going to get an A, you get an F. So here, we have to deny ourselves. What is the Lord telling you to deny? He says, whoever wants to follow me has to deny themselves. Maybe it's that site that you frequent. Maybe it's that friendship that you know is not good for you. Maybe it's that job that God is telling you enough is enough. Maybe it's the Lord is telling you it's time to give this up. And sometimes he's telling you to give things good up as well because he has a greater purpose. So it's the denying yourself. Is wife sipping it up a bit when your husband talked to you? And then just sip it up, sip it up, sip it up, just sip it up. Let God come in. And then and husbands, you know, it might be you being more attentive to your wife. Is children being more, more respectful to their parents? What is God telling you to deny yourself? You see, because we're living in a time where, oh, no, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to speak my opinion. I'm going to speak and tell them what to do and what to say. But, it, but the Bible says to deny yourself. And if you want real spiritual power, because we can come to church, but do we have power? Holy Spirit power, dunamis power, power that comes from above. 
power when you don't have military clearance, you're going to get through. Always remember that. Always remember that. Rejecting someone or something, it's a rejection. It's saying, I have to say no to this because the Lord is telling me to say no. The Lord is telling me I need to step down because there's another plan. It's part of his plan. The Lord is telling me, no, I can't take to do this because I need to do the other thing. So it's denying yourself. For it is God who works, and, and people say, oh, you know, I can't do it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I can't do it either. Oh, but that's too hard for me. It's absolutely right. I, it's, it's extremely hard. Christianity is not easy. But you know what the Bible said? It is he who gives us both the will and the to-do of his good pleasure. He gives you the will, and he gives you the to-do. He'll, he'll, he will empower you by the Holy Spirit to say no. When you can't say no, it says, you be, you be real with God. He says, I can't say no. I said, but you say, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to say no. Because this is denial. A denial. And today, people don't want to deny themselves of anything. Of everything. They just, they just want to enjoy everything. That's not the way it goes. That's not the way it goes. So are you willing to deny yourself? Deny yourself. There's, it says, Jesus said, there's no greater love for when a friend lays down his life for his brother. It's the laying down of our life for one another. It's laying down of our life for people that we may not even know. It's laying down our life for people that are not even grateful that you're laying down your life, but the Lord's calling you to do so. And that's a huge difference. That's the Christ in us. The Christ in us. So what is God denying? Maybe, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're on a website. Maybe you're a dating site. I'm going to tell you something. I'm old. And I'm, and I'm old school. I'm not old, but I'm old. I'm very old school. Listen, Jesus wants you to get together with someone. He's going to bring that person to you. We don't need apps. We don't need, we, we, we don't need to go on a website that God knows is a murderer and telling you how great he or she is. <laughs> they look good in a picture. God knows how to unite people. God knows how to bring people. I'm telling you, when I first met my husband, he, he, he annoyed me to no end. I was telling him that last night. I said, you know, Hector, you annoyed me. You really annoyed me. And you kept annoying me. And he said, because I knew you liked me. No, I didn't. I didn't like you. And he says, yes, you did. Here we are 31 years later. But he annoyed me. We were serving in the, in the same church, serving the same ministry. And the guy was annoying but the Lord knew that we were for one another. The Lord knew that he was going to be my husband, that annoying guy. I, 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 I remember I was going to seminary. And this is a real story. This is a real story. And I was going to the seminary. And, and, and I, never, I was the girl that never had a date on a Friday night. I don't know if there's any people here. But, you know, I got married, like, in, in my early 30s. And I was waiting and waiting. And so yeah, I, I went to the seminary. And there was this guy. He, he said, oh, my God. And all of a sudden, all these seminarians wanted to date me. I was so excited. And guess who I called? Guess who I called? Well, I called my buddy Hector. And I said, Hector, all these guys, they're going to be pastors. And I wanted to marry a pastor. I said, they're, they're, they're going to be pastors. They're seminarians. Oh, my God. They, they're, they're learning Greek and Hebrew and everything that I love. And, he, and this is what Hector says. Don't you date any of them because none of them are going to be your husband. Not one of them. 
And you know what Ruth did? I didn't date anyone because Hector told me not to. And he was just my friend. I deny myself because there are times that you feel lonely. But it doesn't mean that God wants you to grab a phone and, and, and just talk to whoever out there in atmosphere space. Or to connect with someone. He knows you, he, you feel lonely. And he, the Lord knew I felt lonely, but so did the devil. And let me tell you, none of those seminarians are real seminarians. None of them. None of them. But my friend Hector told me, don't. Don't. Because he said, don't, I did. I, I didn't. I, because, and here we are. But it's denying yourself. Because there are lonely places and times in your life. There are places that you feel alone. There are places you want to run away, and the Lord said, you can't run away. You got to stay. You can't walk out of your house. You got to stay. You got to face the music, and I'm going to give you grace to face the music. There's a time where you say, oh, my God, that girl looks good. And God say, no, not her. No, but she, no, no, not her. No, not him. No, not her. You know, look like this. Go like that. You know, no, 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 no. And when you submit to the Lord, he'll give you the greater. So here, number one, there's a desire. But with that desire comes, we got to deny ourselves. We got to deny what we want. We got to deny the plans that we think we should have. We have to deny ourselves the dreams that we have. And God will give us in exchange his plan, his dream, his thoughts. You see, he's not the God that just takes away. He's the God that when you give it up, he's going to give you what you need. And it's life and life that you've never, ever dreamed of is a life full of joy, is a life full of peace, is a life full of success. There's going to be ups and downs? Absolutely. This is a broken world. We live in a broken world. We're broken people. But Jesus will help us through everything. But we have to deny it. So maybe there's someone here that's dating someone. And God is telling you, no. You know, you, you, the, you know, you know who you are. No. Or maybe there's someone here in the, in the brink. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to walk out of all of this. They're, they're staring at me, right? Straight, straight across, straight across. But he's saying lay down your life. Deny yourself. Because then I'm going to give you something you never hoped to have or dream. And that's what true Christianity is. We come in a place in America, especially the West, where everything is claiming by faith. You know, claim it, what is it, claim it and name it. But suppose what happens when you pray and the person doesn't get better? Suppose you pray and the relationship breaks. Suppose you pray and things don't go the way you thought it would be. God's going to help us. But don't deny Jesus. Because if you deny Jesus here, he will deny you with the Father. And we're living in a culture that hates Jesus that hates his name, hates what the word of God stands for, and we become ashamed of Christianity. It's one thing here, living among us as Christians, it's another on the workplace, at home, in your neighborhood. Do they know that you are denying yourself because and for Jesus? It's not, just, it's not something just so abstract. I'm doing it because I love the Lord. I'm doing it because God is telling me, don't. I'm doing it because God is telling me, hey, don't. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Maybe the Lord is saying, who knows? You like to travel. 
you have a vacation, you have a great fund. But maybe, why don't you bless that family that can get, doesn't go anywhere and deny yourself a vacation? Let's see what God does. Or deny yourself prayer, a time of, of TV, and you go pray. Great things happen when you, we pray. Maybe the Lord is saying, lay down your life for this one. Lay down your life for that one. I mean, listen, he laid it down for Judas. Judas was part of the 12. He didn't exclude Judas. Judas was with him until the very end. Are we willing to do the same? Are we willing to deny ourselves? Or when someone has wrongfully accused you of something, he says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And he says, don't say anything. I'll defend you. I'll be your judge. I'll be your advocate. So either Jesus is going to be your advocate or you're going to be your advocate. But both of you can do it at the same time. So you got to deny yourself of your reputation. Deny yourself of who you are. And follow Jesus. And that's the hardest part. Because we're living in, in, an, in, in an era where people don't want to deny themselves. Number three, he says, take up. Take up what? The cross. Your cross, it says. Your cross. It's individual now. Your cross. And we all have the same cross. It's take up your cross. And when we take up a habit, we practice, we become interested or engaged in a pursuit. It occupies our time, our space, our mind, and our emotions. It says, take up your cross. And remember, when the Jews saw someone die on the cross, they saw, oh, he must have done something wrong. They're condemned. They're dying on the cross. So he, he has to be a bad person. And Jesus is saying, when people see you take up your cross, re remember, Crucifixion was extremely public. It was public for everyone to see, for everyone to, to enjoy. How can you enjoy crucifixion? But you know, there's people out there that enjoy things like that. I don't know. But. So when we take up our cross, it should be visible to the other believer. It should be visible to the world. Because taking up my cross is saying I have one destination and I can only look towards the front. It's the author and consumer of my faith and his name is Jesus Christ. So when people look at you, do they see that you're carrying your cross? When people look at you, can they say she's taken up her cross? He's taken up his cross. When people look at you, do they say they're on, their, they're on one road? There was only one Via Dolorosa, not, not two, not three, not four. There was one road. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by That's right. Jesus. So when people look at you, can they say visibly, he's on that road? He's one road. They don't compromise. They don't make amends. They don't change their minds. They're not flighty. It's, they're not hot today. And they're not cold tomorrow. Their yes is a yes. And their no's a no's. So when they saw the cross, when the Via Dolorosa was cluttered with people. See, we remember Good Friday because it's only three. But the truth of the matter is the Romans were ruthless. They were ruthless. Oh, my God. The more people they executed, the more they enjoyed it. So look, look at how many of us are here. 
we should walk out. And people are saying, wow, she's picked up a cross and she's following Jesus. She's picked up a cross and she's going to deny herself. She's picked up a cross and she's going to stop the gossip. She's picked up a cross and she's going to stop the tongue that creates fire, like the Bible says. The, the cross is a place of surrender. But let me tell you, when we see the cross, we are to surrender daily to the Lord. Daily. Not just once a week or once a month or, you know, every, every three months. No, it's a daily walk. It's a daily surrendering. It's a daily submission. It's a daily, Lord, I am yours. It's a daily, Lord, I am a living sacrifice. It's a daily going over to the altar. You see, I like it here because it's called an altar. But a lot, of, a lot of new churches call this a stage. They don't even have an altar. Because you see, altar was a place where, where things had to die. And so when we, when we surrender daily, we need to die to certain things die to certain habits, die to certain way of thinking, die to certain things that just die and God will help us. So when you take up your cross, I should be able to say, hey, look at Jamie. She's carrying her cross. Hey, look at this one. He's carrying his cross. Hey, Rick, I see Rick. Rick, 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 your focus. You got it right, Rick. It's about the cross. It's about daily surrendering. It's all, and the cross is not optional. The daily dying to self is not optional. It's not one, two, three, four, I'll pick four. No. When you see a couple, a married couple, that loves each other dearly, dearly and deeply, it's because each spouse, each spouse has died thousands and thousands of times to, to themselves. When you see a marriage that is going great, it's because each spouse has denied himself again and again and again and again. What's the purpose? To please the spouse. When we pick up the cross on a daily basis, we die again and again and again and again to please Jesus to please Jesus. When we pick up the cross, we die again and again. I said, Lord, I know what I would like to tell her. Mm, I would like to tell her this. I would like to tell her that. Mm, I would like to get rid of that one, Lord. You know, let me just grab and grab me, you know, just grab. And the Lord says, no, you got to die to yourself. When people mock you at work, you got to die to yourself. When Jesus says enough is enough, he'll, he'll, he'll give you what you need. So it says here, so it's not an optional, because for to me to live, I love what, what, what Paul says, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So we have to die so in order to gain Christ. We have to die in order to be able to be like Christ. We have to die to who we are in order to become who he is. For whether we live or whether we die, we live or die unto the Lord. So this life that we live, it should be a surrender life. And Christianity at this, at this point in time is not popular. I'm going to tell you something, and it's not going to be popular again. To, because we're living in a time 
where we got, we're going to choose whether we're going to serve the Lord or we're not going to serve the Lord. We're going to choose on a daily basis whether I'm going to respect my husband or not respect him. So we're living in a time just like Paul, just like Paul, and it might cost us a lot. It might cost us our very life. But we are here because we want to live a surrender life. And I tell you, when you live a surrender life, God empowers you. God empowers. There's a lot of stories, a lot of testimonies that Hector and I, we have that you, I said, Lord, you blow my mind. You blow my mind. You blow my mind. You blow my mind. Things that we stood in the gap for that no one else knows. And we stood in the gap for other people that other people don't know. Because see, Christianity is supernatural. But in order to do that, we want to truly be anointed of God, not used of God. Tell me where the Bible says he uses ministers. The Bible says he anoints ministers. Because the anointing that breaks the bondage, it's the anointing that breaks the shackles. It's the anointing of God. And let me tell you, I'd rather live an anointed life and have no friends. Well, I have five friends. No, <laughs> I have five friends. I'd rather live an anointed life, a consecrated life, a devoted life to God that has a power from heaven than live a life that is just common and ordinary like everybody else. Tell you the truth. I don't live an ordinary life. I look very ordinary, but I don't live an ordinary life. I don't live an ordinary life because God has called us to surrender. And we want to explode as a church. But in order for that explosion to happen, there has to be a surrendering. There has to be a laying down. I don't know what you need to lay down. I know what I need to lay down. But I tell you one thing, we all are going to pick up the same cross. The same cross. So tell me today. Tell me today, and with this I'm going to conclude. Do you want to surrender? Notice that Jesus is the one telling the crowd, for those that want to follow me, I mean, there was a large crowd there. It says him and his disciples were there. So he knew that everyone that was following him wasn't really following him. There's a lot of benefits in Christianity, and people like the benefits. Do you want to pick up your cross? Your cross. Which, by the way, is the same cross. And die daily that Jesus will be so overflowing in our life. This is for the young and this is for the old. And everything in between. He's calling the church unto repentance. He's calling the church. He wants to pour out his spirit in a great and mighty way. But he's calling the church unto repentance. Imagine, he doesn't ever call the people of, 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 to repentance just the world. The Bible is written to the church. And what is it that the Lord is telling you to repent of? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, whomsoever shall believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son to condemn the world, but the world, the, the world through him would be saved. That's you and I. Do you desire a greater anointing? I do. Do you desire to see the impossible made possible? I do. It's the reason why Jesus died on the cross. He's the bridge that we, didn't, that we needed for the Father. 
We couldn't go to the Father and Jesus stepped in. And he did it because of love. So we love him because he first loved us. And a surrender life knows and understands that Jesus loves us. A surrender life will do everything because Jesus has touched them. I was talking to someone very dear to me, very dear, and this person has gone through, through, through very deep, 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 deep trials and, and, and really shameful humiliation. But I love when the person told me, you know, Ruth, we decided a long time ago, my husband and I, that we're to love the Lord more than our fathers, our mothers, our brothers and sisters than anyone else. And at this point in my life, what we've gone through, I've chosen, I'm going to love the Lord no matter what. You see, sometimes you can love other people and have other idols before the Lord. And that, and that would not allow you to surrender. I love Hector. You have no idea how I love him. But I love the Lord greater than my Hector. And I do. I love him greater, greater than Hector. And even though you love your wife, you should love Jesus greater than your wife. You should love your spouse less than God. Even your children can become an idol. But to the surrender life, and like this person that I was talking to yesterday, my heart broke for her because it's been a real tough time. So here I'm asking you, remember what Jesus did for you and for me. And because of the cross, because of the Spirit of God, we can surrender. I'm going to make an altar call. And may, perhaps there's someone here that's backslidden. And you've been backslidden for a long, long time. You know you're backslidden. You do the motions. I'm going to ask you to come up. This is not a time to, humili to be humiliated. It's a time to say, no, Lord, I want that. And I'm going to pick up my cross. Or maybe there's someone here that has never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. You come and you come and you come and you come but you've never really accept Christ as your Savior come to the altar a place where we die I come to the altar every single day of my life and sometimes triple time during the day and maybe and for the rest of us there's not a person in this room not one that needs to come and say Lord I want to pick up my cross I've been sloppy I've been negligent I've said no when I should have said yes. And I've said yes when I should have said no. Because the believer, the believer, we pick up our cross daily. So I'm asking you to come. I'm going to wait for you. People are going to come and sing. I'll stand right here. And I'm going to wait for you to come. Because Jesus died to set us free. Jesus died that sin will no longer have master over you. Jesus died to set captivity captive. Jesus died that we will no longer be bound. So I'm going to invite you in. Everyone here. Because he's asking all of us to take up our cross. If you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, the altar is open. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.